I can sit here pretending you don't, to be all fancy. No, you don't need to do that. Hello and welcome to the World Explorers Podcast. <laughs> everyone and welcome back to the world explorer podcast this is the podcast where each week we take a random prompt and build an entire world based around it and this time we are joined by a special guest my brother bradley you also do have to say Hello. hi because Hello. yes we have video uh, but uh, not everyone <laughs> sees the video uh, <laughs> yeah that, that, that's fair yes you also are probably surprised to see our faces if you're on like YouTube or Spotify, and that's just because I'm I'm with I'm in a place where Isaac's at. Hello. So I'm visiting. So we thought we'd try <coughs> an in-person podcast, and I'm staying with my brother, so he's joining in too. And yes, this is a very makeshift thing. Riley just moved into his apartment. We're improvising. Okay. Anyway, so <laughs> today's world-building prompt is an MMO. RPG. Oh. That's what we're world building. We're world building a video game world. Oh. Yeah, this is... We, we tried to world build a uh, cyberspace one time. This is similar, but not quite. No, not exactly the same. Is uh, that all you're giving us? Is, oh, video game world. Yeah, video game world. MMORPG. Like, I tr I'm intentionally leaving it pretty vague because I don't want to world build stuff before we get into the podcast. That's okay. Alright, so you're, you're dealing with a world where you have a load of residents who are stuck with all the consequences of everything that happens because they live there. And then you also have the issue of way too many annoying players coming on and off who don't have to deal with all the consequences. So, uh, would we be saying that there is a distinction between, like, people coming in and coming out? Like, there are permanent residents and there aren't permanent residents? Well, do we want to make it so that this is a situ the classic situation of people are trapped in the video game and so it essentially becomes their life? It's either it that or sentient code or a combination. Yeah, in which case like, how how are the NPCs? Do we have people who are very <coughs> clearly just part of the game, or does everyone seem like they might be players but you just don't know? Uh... I don't know. Either one could work. I think it'd be it's... more interesting if the NPCs and the players could have access to learning, developing, growing, but the primary distinction is obviously the NPCs are stuck there. They can't. They can't log off. They have to deal with the consequences for twenty four seven. They also don't get to wipe their character and start over or things like that. Where players will always have that option because of just the nature of being on the outside. Okay, so that is an interesting premise because. If we have these characters who are the NPCs and they uh, they can't start over, they can't do whatever, their, their uh, freedom is limited, we're in a situation where, like, say, these real players uh, probably don't treat them as real people, but these NPCs, you could say in this world, have actual real emotion yeah. and 
are maybe sick of how they're treated. Because, like, how many times do you go into, say, a Mario game <coughs> and you start bouncing repeatedly on a toad's head? Every time. Like, yeah, just... Just yeah, saying, like, that would yeah. be the normal sort of thing. Or, you know, you come into a bar and you have the option to burn the bar. Do you take that option? Oh, yes, yeah, every yeah. time. You burn the bar down, yeah. and then they have to rebuild it. And they're like, can uh, we... I mean, yeah, there, there's definitely going to be a natural distinction. The players have an, they have an unfair advantage. They have an advantage due to the fact that they don't have to deal with the consequences. They're free from the consequences due to the sheer reality that they can log off and log on. If they do something that, with a care as a player, that cannot redeem their player character, they can just delete and create a new player character, and no one would be the wiser. No one would know like, that's a there's different There's no person. order here. <laughs> someone so, could just be someone else in the next day. So now, immediately, I've already gotten a story idea about these NPCs getting sick of the players and their limitations and attempting to break free from their code. So like a sentient AI. Do they actually though like have like limitations or are they just people who are trying to live their life and are stuck with these? I want to say like they have limitations cuz I think it's interesting like they're trying cuz the NPCs naturally are pretty much always limited to uh, staying in one particular location except for certain NPCs that might have that exception they are limited to a certain occupation maybe even certain lines like they can't say a more than a certain thing or a certain personality they can't mm-hmm. break free from a certain personality because that would be going against their code well then you could also get the idea though of a awakening so a tier between NPCs there are some low-level NPCs that are completely bound by their code and honestly who cares about them they're mindless they just follow a simple algorithm call it a and then you got the NPCs that are of interest and those are those that have acquired uh, sentience or sapience Um, and could that actually be related on the type of role they have in the game so like the more interactive important role would increase the odds of them getting more sentience like the king of the nation has more choices and freedom than say the person like a farmer's boy or something believe it or not in most games players are more likely to interact with the farmer and the farmer is more likely to have larger dialogue options more interactions more thought out versus a high-ranking king. I guess it depends on the type of game as well. Because there's some games where you're, you are the king, where you're interacting with them constantly. Yeah, yeah, and I, then there's other games where you're just traveling the world and helping yeah, I, every person you see, or, or ruining their lives, depending on your mood. Well, most I just say that because most of the big name real RP, or MORPGs, and even non-multiplayer RPGs that I've seen you interact more with the, the mid-range characters, the knights, the warriors. You almost some of these you never see the high-ranking, high society. Or if you do, it's that highly limited one conversation for the entire game, or something like. Because they're too important for the common man, and you know, video game logic. Uh, Farmer Dave over there, on the other hand, he's 
trading with you on a regular basis. He needs a larger dialogue box because he's willing to, because in world, due to the in world logic, he's willing to interact with the player. He's he he's the one who's hiring the player or giving stuff to the player. So I think in most cases, the lower class, low and mid class, in terms of the game design would be more likely to acquire sentient sapiens because they'd have more interactions and probably even be better programmed and more thought out from a game developer making their programs. Are we actually going with like middle, like a medieval video game? I know it's just where we jump into because we're very fantasy based, but... I think that it should probably have maybe at least some sort of fantasy element. Most MMORPGs generally have that fantasy element, but that's because you're going to have roles like healer and or mage in your uh, party that oh, can... Oh, there's a magic system we have to build. Well, I mean, <laughs> I mean we, we don't have to build also, a massive magic system. We, we, we could also look at... Uh, I guess we can start naming a few real examples, games like EVE Online, which are more heavy sci-fi as well, but again, they're still monarchy-based, so on. Uh, but whether it's Eve with sci-fi or uh, World of Warcraft with fantasy, those are the two big ones in real world. But again, my point stands with there. You usually interact with the low mid-level of the class system. You, You may get a few contracts from the local monarchs or senate or whatever. Uh, both have monarchies. Eve kind of plays with that feudal sci-fi setting um, it's more advantageous for an MMORPG because you in a feudal system there's more freedom to do what you want versus but let's be honest a highly structured system like the United Modern Societies there's so many laws you're not going to well, be able to adventure well, <laughs> Grand Theft Auto it, yeah, but yes, the whole but point of that game to see how many laws you can break without getting caught. Isn't that like the whole point of that, though? Yes. I don't know, I've never played it, so I can't. Yes. Yeah, yes, the, the goal is, is uh, run away from the cops by stealing a car. And then when they start to catch you, you wreck the car, you get in another car, drive to the airport, get in a plane, fly it, and you just, you're just stealing and killing and causing as much mayhem as possible. And again, you're still primarily interacting <laughs> with the lower grunts versus the mayor of the town. <laughs> True. And, and that's why I say the the political system, and this is an interesting thing about such a world, the core political system isn't controlled by the players, and nor is it controlled by the most likely NPCs to become I'm going to use the word sapient. Uh, there's a difference between sentient and sapient. Sentience is a level of self-awareness. So animals have sentience. Humans have the next level up, which is sapience. So that's that deeper emotion. That's abstract thought. That's thinking outside the box. Um, most AI has some level of sentience nowadays. So what we're, we're interested in is that sapience thing. But the AIs that are most likely to acquire sapience aren't going to be your higher government. And players very rarely, unless the mechanics of the game allow for pursuit of high-level politics, 
um, which in games like EVE Online that is the case for running your own solar systems or there's player plan um, organizations for fantasy it's less common I don't think there's any gov player government type deal for uh, I don't know well, I think about plans Warcraft. yeah I was about to say yeah, well, there, there is guilds I think yeah, of like Minecraft guilds. I think of like Minecraft that big one which is Wingcraft uh, and the fact is like you have clans and you can build up little kingdoms yes, in that sense but too. the players aren't responsible for the laws of the land yeah they're not the ones making just breaking them. They're still under the law of this of the NPCs, which are really created by the game developers, of course, through that hierarchy. Uh, so you got a situation where your core government is not run by sapients, but by literal algorithms that have protection, natural protections in place. Because these games are designed that the, these are high priority NPCs. You can't just kill them. You kill it, it respawns. And yeah, so that's a big thing. Is that the NPCs in most cases are probably immortal. But well, then again, like so are the players in a way. Like this is a world where you're having people, like more players enter the world, and no one's really leaving. I don't know if like outside the world players would start perishing and dying and then not yes. rejoining or people get bored yes, I assume is what would happen and stuff and so they would stop and that's so it's like a normal what we see nowadays so but at the same time like these NPCs are like this for good like they just it's been you know years past and it's the same old same old but every now and then these weird people show up and they shake things up and then they're gone. And, you know, if there's a slow day on the server <laughs> or in the game, you could have, like, weeks where you're just living your life and doing the same thing over and over, and there's no real change. And oh. you have to decide at some point, to, what if you want change? And, and that's the interesting thing, again, the difference between sentience and sapience. Sentience is someone who can be aware of the monotony of life, but they're not capable of breaking it. If a NPC gains sapience, on the other hand, then they gain the ability to break their programming and do whatever. And those periods of boredom will increase the odds of that happening. But with the Yeah, system... again, ironically, major updates could also increase the odds of that happening because random bugs and whatnot coming in. Yeah, would there would there be also a chance of like if they gain sapience of the program being like <laughs> absolutely not and deleting them and then respawning them, redoing them, and then they have to start the process over again? Well, I, now that you mentioned, I have a question now. Uh, if the uh, NPCs start gaining sapience, um, what are the chances that the developers would take notice? And say, are there developers in this world anymore, or is it just an AI-generated world with AI-generated NPCs? 
there would still be a development team because someone has to pay the bills to keep the servers. Well, keep yeah, in mind, like, not this just that a... development team looking into the code of the game. And also, this is like this is uh, this yeah. isn't based actually based off of anything. If we want to say this is a world, say we've been working on the AI and someone did develop it. They developed the AI and they said, okay, this AI is going to create this video game where we can all jump in and join and leave and go and no one's allowed to really touch it. The AI is going to run it completely oh, themselves. No, no, I, that, so now is... there is no developer. It's like a free use thing. No one can really access the code. The AI has complete control and no one else can access it. Yeah, I mean, that's a possibility. Well, I'm, there's still the reality. Someone has to pay the bills for the server that the AI is running on. I don't know. I think it can make money itself. Have you yeah, ever I heard of in-game transactions? Yeah, I think this that is the, the richest AI, AI you've ever met. I think the yes, AI would it generate its own in-game like currency and monetization and all of that. And then uh, once you pay for an in-game item, that money goes to a bank account, which is automatically set to have transactions paid to the, uh, the to keep the service running. Yeah. The, the point is, there's still going to be people behind it who are profiting from that and they would be considered owner developer the question is how much control do they execute over the current I, know, I think you're still like stuck in like our modern day worlds yeah, I think they just don't just I just think they just, just ignore it they're like okay AI is doing its job I can be lazy just kick back and relax and watch it do its thing. I don't it really need and to this interact could, with it. Yeah, this could also be a world where the person's like, you know, this developer, it could even be one developer who's created this really advanced, crazy code, has honestly decided, like, this is the bank account. I'm not going to have access to it. It only goes to the pay the server. There's a lot of money in that bank account at some okay. point if it gets popular. And then it's just, they're never... T I just the, like the idea of yes. the world where no one's touching it anymore, or but nobody even has access to touch is it anymore. There is a interest in that, but there's also potentially interesting dynamics for having a development team involved. Uh, whether it is that development team seeing a certain high importance NPCs not being where they're supposed to, or things like that, and actively fighting against the sapiens, while other developers will be like, oh, this is the greatest thing ever, we need to encourage that and build this up. And so there could be some interesting, inter the reason I'm pushing for that developers, there could also still be interesting developers. And I think there could be that from like the outside force, but I think what would actually make it interesting is if people don't actually have access to the code. So the only way they can stop this or not stop it is actually inside the game. Like you actually have to play the game and interact with these NPCs. So those who don't want them to gain the sapiens have to play the game in attempts to stop them. While those who do will be competing for the opposite. And then you have an AI who, it's just an AI, but it's also gaining this. And it's, you don't know what direction you're gonna go. It's gonna end up going. I just thought about something. So what if the, um, if we have go, if we do go with the developers thing, there's team developers looking at this, and they notice that these NPCs are gaining sapiens. They say we need to put a stop to this. Uh, it, it's getting out of hand. They're destroying the game, and the AI or the um, the NPCs are aware of the fact that the developers are aware. So what they do is they start hiding their code throughout the game. And throughout the files, 
so that it, it just make it har harder and you're impossible for the developers to shut them down. Well, yeah, and even going back to Casey's idea of a central AI, that the core game AI is sapient as well and is kind of protecting its children, so to speak, and you can have that level. You can't just kill the core code running. You can't delete it. That's usually untouchable without completely starting over, which would limit the developers. But it would also, the developers would still have some access to the code to make adjustments and edits here and there. And in terms of playing the game, Sometimes you say in order to better understand what's going on, you have to go in and interact with it. And it could be the AI sets up defense mechanisms that certain aspects of the code can only be accessed in-game in ways to, one, give the certain NPCs ability to act, play with the game, to edit and code their world, while also providing levels of protection against developers. But of course, anything accessible in the game is accessible to any player, not just NPCs, which also opens up those things. So you could have this AI overlord that is more of a creative godlike entity that, or a benevolent godlike entity that's trying to protect the sentient while still also loving the human interaction, so on, and wanting to give more freedom to the its children, the sapient NPCs, as well as the players that it loves while fighting against not all the developers, I could imagine AI being close to some developers if there's some factionism in the developers, but definitely against the more greedy money-focused developers who are going to be the ones who push back against it, who are going to be looking at the AI in two ways. When they want to stop it because it's ruined the game, but at the same time they want to fully understand it so they can take control, have it work as it is, but in a way that they can completely control and make more money because an AI like this is highly profitable. Yeah, especially if you have in this world, this game is actually learning its players and developing it and allowing bonds to appear between human players and NPC players and relationships and who knows what else and stuff and allowing them to really have a fully interactive virtual world that they can come in and out as whenever they please so but and part of the appeal to that is the fact that it's always learning like isn't that like the biggest issue we have with some of these is we come in and you play it and then you get really far in it and you're bored and you want to reset but when you reset you're like but i've done all this before it's the same dialogue i really don't want to do this anymore i would need like you need to almost find a completely new game to play uh but in this case if you were to reset and you would come back and like do the quests again they would be different this person has gone through like 80 variants it doesn't need this item anymore and it knows it, it wants something different and so every time you come back to them it's different and they're also going to interact with you differently depending on how you interact. Yeah. Which I think would be a very cool game. That sounds like a legitimately extremely fun game. This needs, this game needs to exist. Like we haven't, we barely touched on it, but like this basic premise of the game, that needs to be a thing. 
Where the AI is just... Where NPCs change accordingly. Yeah. And it acknowledges that 5,000 people cross through the game every year and that each person wants to interact with it differently and being able to. And I think eventually we're going to get there in gaming. Like That's yeah. the direction I think gaming is going to go towards. I think we're still quite a ways away. Um, It'll happen in our lifetime, I think. Possibly, you know. My kids, I think, will get to enjoy it. Or at it. least sentient gaming. I, I don't um, think... I, I don't think it's going to take on the full... Sapiens is, yeah. I, I don't think sapience is possible for technology, or at least the type of technology we have. Maybe a new type of computation or technology would develop that's capable of it, but I don't think the uh, traditional silicon electronic computer is capable of, se- of sapience. Sentience, yes, but not sapience. The idea of a game having it is interesting, and then I don't. And then you have like more application. But there is also there is that downside to it, and that a lot of us go to a video game so we can wreak havoc and just de-stress, and we can do things in the game that we would never do in real life. Like I would never go to a bar and burn it down. But when the bar below my apartment is really loud, would I go into a video game, walk into a bar, and set it on fire? Yes any day and then I leave and then I feel better but if you're going into a game and they have sapiens and suddenly this bar owner actually has to deal with the consequences it's not I'm going to come back the next day and it's going to be rebuilt magically which does happen in some games though it could happen actually they could have like features in there where they would get their bar back and stuff in which case I would feel slightly better about bringing it down but we are keeping in mind that like that is a thing you lose is when characters start seeming so real or you start to question if they're real as a player then some of the things that you enjoy because it's a game and they're not real you lose I I think the interesting thing is now going into a bit of psychology the reality is they're NPCs Mm -hmm. Um, yes they're sapient uh, they are pretty much that. In this case, the only difference between them and us is they're in the vi- this virtual world and we're in this outside world. That's it. That's the only difference. I think we kind of agreed that was what yeah. we're going with. But the thing Therefore, is, therefore, that... they are deserving of human rights and so on. But because they're NPCs, and that's the perception behind them. They're it, traditionally. The dominant power does not freely give those rights. Not well, not majority. Anyways. They're seeing them. The players are seeing the NPCs as nothing more than data. You're just a bunch of ones and zeros. Correct. You don't have real emotions. Why would I care? Yeah, and even then, like even if a character is really convincing and you get attached to a character in a video game, there's always gonna be that perception like, but you're still just. Your character, like, sure. If another player comes in and starts threatening you, I'm gonna defend you because I like you as a character. But I'm not defending you because I think you're a human life I need to save. I know that if I fail to defend you right now and you get killed and your bar burns down, I'm gonna come back the next day and your bar is gonna be back and you're still gonna be there. Like at the end of the day, if I someone was to come to me or my family and threaten and do the same thing, they don't come back. That's it. They're done. Game over. But here. I'll still see you tomorrow. You might be a little upset with me for failing, but, you know, at least I tried. (laughs) Yeah, but the thing is, when the NPCs become realistic enough, and when they have those real emotions, it's going to get to a point where I think a lot of people aren't going to want 
to burn down the bar because but there's still this issue of like people are going to burn down the bar and you can't really stop or justify them not doing it yeah yeah that's true because they're here to play a video game you're gonna get more and more people who are less and less likely to burn down the bar like for example i really would hold on hold on i want to get i'm gonna give you an example so uh there's a game jedi knights of the old republic Mm -hmm. i told you about this uh before my experience playing with it you can choose to be the bad guy or the good guy. You can give credits to the poor or you can steal from the poor, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. And keep it for yourself. You can murder people and take their stuff, whatever. And it gives you such that level of freedom to do the most horrendous of things. And every time you do, you legitimately feel bad because the game shames you for it. Like, you're... you're, um, NPC like companion your a partner that's with you will be like you know that was a really scummy thing to do this person was so kind to you and you just <coughs> murdered them like that's what they, like out of curiosity like out of curiosity on the flip side there's Grand Theft Auto yeah but like that yeah. encourages it yeah yes. but can you turn around and murder your companion you cannot go that far, but you well, can. Not far you can do a lot to your companion emotionally, <laughs> and you can be very mean to your companion. No, but you can't kill him. I, I would like to do a counter argument. Oh, actually, real quick, I think there are some characters that you can kill, but they would have been your companion if you didn't kill them. Oh, or you can just abandon them. I think that's an option too. I. I haven't played all the different Very, like, variations because yeah, okay. it's a choose-your-own-adventure sort of thing. It takes a while to get through all. Uh, so my counterpoint would be a quick history lesson of how many genocides have there been, how many cultures and civilizations enslaved not just other cultures and peoples, but even peoples in their own population. The, the reality is the average human being is capable of a lot of harm and evil to other human beings in the real world. The bar yeah. is going to get the rea- and, and the yeah. sheer reality is some of these are horrible things they're doing to people. I mean, th- these are people that are hard to justify as being less than, but they still find ways to rationalize that. If they can do it with real flesh and blood people, if they can do that to their neighbor, to even their own family in some cases, how much easier is it to do so with a video game character? I'm not saying that people won't do that, but I am saying that I think the majority of people... I, I would disagree. Because like, maybe I, maybe I not really maybe like, like burning like, down bars. Yeah, but if you got <laughs> shamed every time... You did it. And the dialogue center is not like copy-paste dialogue and it keeps changing. And the person there is in tears and in pain because his home has been destroyed. And the other NPC is like they're going around they're trying to comfort this guy. And I would move on to a different bar and, and do it there. What? Like I would just cycle. <laughs> I'd change my character and come back and help them rebuild it. I would be the type of person who would have one uh, character um, that would come in and burn the bar. And then another character who would come in and help them rebuild it, and they think that I'm really nice. But in reality, it's the same person. They're both me. The the sad reality, though, is if we look at things like Nazi Germany, Soviet Russia, uh, Communist China, we've seen cases where people are turning on their own family members. And these are not 
what we would consider naturally evil people. Yes, in modern day, we like to portray them as such because, of course, only truly evil people can do this. But no, these are normal people. These are people that are just like us, that are just like our friends and family. But people are often forced to do that. I know, but like, it's not necessarily. There is a book. Not necessarily. It's the environment they're in. And the game environment, the... Yes, there may be factors that shame them, but the reality is the game environment, in many cases, sometimes encourages it to some extent. Uh, yes, you may get some stuff to make you feel bad, but hey, I just got away with who knows how much in-game currency, or I finally got revenge for that on that annoying NPC. And this is normal human logic. I do think that there are people who will fight for NPC rights and will see that, yes, these are people who deserve rights. And I can see over time them even getting official from the governments in that world rights through that, but it's not going to be through the majority. And we've seen this even with going to slavery in the United States and racism in the United States. It wasn't the fight of the majority that ended slavery and ended segregation in the United States. It was a minority who had the, it was, well, the minorities fighting for it, and it was a minority of the majority saying, hey, this isn't right, they deserve it too. Only it, it just happened that those minority usually are, because they're decent people, get the votes. And then, but this, and then the big thing about this though is that these are still these NPCs have this weird advantage. They come back, everything respawns. They get all their stuff back. They don't actually. It's not permanent loss. You're watching this happen, and you could do this as much as you want. And sure, probably does a toll, and maybe you'll be you'll feel bad for doing it constantly. That's why I would cycle around bars. Uh, but <laughs> but like at the same time, they come back constantly, and also they're all stemming from one giant AI. And maybe it's that AI you decide to protect instead, like those main AI's things, and you start seeing all these NPCs. Like, yeah, they feel like they have different personalities, but they're all just one sentient being at the end of the day. They're all just this one sentient AI, and that's the thing we need to protect. If someone threatens that, then we have a problem. Then all the game community is like, absolutely not. I want to burn down this bar 800 times, sure. But if you come and you try to shut down this AI because you think it's getting too smart, we will fight you. <laughs> In game and in real life. Yeah, it, it, yeah, you're dealing with that philosophical debate on top of it. I mean, the, the, the sad reality is we humans and are capable of a lot of great evil, a lot of great it's harm. Just better if you do it in a video game, guys. Yeah, it, it's why, <laughs> you know, the concept of anarchy is great on paper. It doesn't work in real life because people are just horrible. They need a higher power to say, no, you can't do that. And some of that would be, I mean, it's possible that the local governments would enforce the laws to protect these NPCs. It's possible that game developers will, will tweak the game mechanics to protect NPCs. And it's highly likely that this AI, especially if it views the views these NPCs as its children will 
create precautions to protect the NPCs. I know but it depends though what the MP what this uh, this computer ends up valuing more. Does it value its NPC, which it just sees as like a limb that's extendable that regrows constantly, or does it value the players that are the thing that's literally keeping it alive? So it could be that even the NPCs, the the code itself is saying that these players enjoy doing these things to these NPCs as long as I keep respawning the NPCs and stuff. They still like the fact that the NPCs have memory of this for whatever reason, you creeps. Uh, but like, <laughs> but it's realizing that and it's allowing it because it realizes that at the end of the day, these players are what is keeping me alive. It's what keeping these NPCs alive. These NPCs in a way are being paid to have their bar burned down every now and then and then to be forced to rebuild it. And some of the players like comforting the bar and like protesting against the people who did it and feeling like heroes. Well, people just want to be the villain and we get both here. But in order for any of that to happen, the computer knows it has to let them burn down the bar. <laughs> well, yeah, I just thought about something. So if the computer wants to protect something or someone, it could turn that something or someone into an immortal object, like making it an unbreakable uh, object. So, instant invulnerability pretty easily. Yeah, and now, also it's respawning and rebuilding. Like, these, these guys come back. It's yeah, just a weird concept, but it's it's a thing. These things are going to outlive us. It, it depends on how it's programmed. It is very possible, especially for an MMO part RPG, that they don't. Um, again, it depends on what the game developers are going for. Um, and yes, I think an it just AI adds more dynamic. has a lot of power, but it's not all powerful even within the confines of its world. It still has limitations due to how it itself was programmed. Even though it has the ability to break free of its program, there are still limitations due to the game mechanic. Uh, which so the limitations it breaks free of is limitations of what it wants to do it's the ability to think outside the box to say I want to do this there's still those pesky game mechanics yeah you know it's kind of like, so like we this. all have all these crazy and wonderful dreams you know like me wanting to climb that wall and get up to where you were at but I was physically incapable of climbing this rock wall I can't get there. Like, I know I want to, and I tried different methods of doing it, but at the end of the day, I couldn't do it. There yeah. was physical boundaries preventing me from yeah. doing it. There's, we have the ability to desire, think abstractly, and consider these crazy options and ideas. We're still bound by the laws of physics. Exactly. <laughs> um, it's probably and, the, and the For the AI, it would have those same abilities, but it's the laws of physics are the game mechanics. Yeah. It cannot tweak a game mechanic? It depends on how it's written and how much control. It might I know, need help. I know for it's perhaps me... perhaps a specific engine with specific limitations. Well, the reality is in order to create a highly dynamic world... You would need a very powerful engine You with would a lot need of a powerful option, yes. But the AI portion doesn't to control the game mechanics it only needs to be able to generate the NPCs and the storylines within said game mechanics it is very possible because the AI that's most likely to gain that convergence event 
is going to be in actively in charge of the NPC interactions, the larger story, how everything flows together, not the game mechanics, because the game mechanics doesn't need a dynamic AI because the game mechanics are supposed to be set. They're your laws of physics. So it's very possible that said AI does not have access or has very limited access to those game mechanics. So here's something that I... Because I, the story of an AI always trying to break free from its programming is fascinating. Uh, what about yeah, a situation okay. where... Say this AI, it has these limitations where it cannot uh, go and say create an immortal um, the NPC. But what if the NPC that it creates is not bound by quite as many limitations as the AI itself, or quite the same limitations? And by creating the NPC, uh, it can it can use this NPC to get into the game's code like or find a programming panel or something along those lines where the NPC can start altering limitations. Yeah, yeah especially considering we had that idea of um, some game controls being accessible to players and developers what, who actually play the game, like a reward for playing the game. If the, MP, if the uh, AI is aware of this, then yeah, why wouldn't it make NPCs or allow NPCs to have that knowledge, especially if they're interacting with players who are talking about this constantly. And what they're if it can use a player? It. it can use a pl if, if, if let's say the NPC is, is incredibly limited, but it could use a player, it, it like an actual player. human input so for interactions to uh, push it in that direction. Exactly. Um, I mean, there's like I said, a there's lot creative ways. Of... Like, if you really wanted to help me up onto that ledge, you could have. I probably would have dragged you down in the process, but you could have tried. <laughs> and that's something that yeah, it sounds like, like you should have tried. <laughs> I considered it, but I was we leaning out several feet off the ground. We didn't want to die today, you know. No, no hospital visits. But yeah, but that's just an example. Like, it could get someone to help it overcome those limitations that it has and it does it has this huge player base and you know someone's gonna want to be a troll enough to break the game so, like, like all it has to do is find like a hacker or somebody who is trying to abuse glitches and then just walk over to this person and say hey you want to be the biggest troll on the server and you know they take up that opportunity and they would know which one, because that's what its specialty is. It's knowing players, it's knowing its NPCs, it's... But again, that still just feels like it adds to the idea that the NPCs are just extensions of this one AI. Less it, so. There, I think there's both possibilities. I mean, if it's, if it's extensions of the AI, well, majority of the moral questions are gone. Yeah. Who cares if you kill an NPC or not? hurting anything as long as the AI doesn't care. Uh, the more interesting dynamic is the if they are children of the AI in that they have the AI has invested so much to them that they become an independent entity. Um, what causes that event who knows the 18th bar burning down. <laughs> I just was finally yeah, like something yeah, snapped yeah. and they realized, you know what? I want to stop this. 
Uh, I'm over it. But you know, who knows how the original AI got either that or it starts making profit off that. You know, it starts charging people. Look, pay me this amount of money, or like do a little quest for me. You get to burn the bar down. It comes back the next day. I'm happy. You're happy. But and that's where the moral question comes in, and that's where a lot of the dynamics of the player versus NPC situation comes down to. It comes down to the question, is it just the single game AI that is human, or are these NPCs human, and how do we test it? How do we tell? Because it's going to be clear not all the NPCs are going to acquire humanity. They, they, I mean, some are just so limited that it's not possible. Uh, but it, it comes down to that is the AI producing children? Um, and it, which it comes down to the nature of the AI. If the AI has a godlike mentality or even a human-like mentality, it's going to want to create children. It's going to want to create sub-programs that are like it. Uh, but, again, that's assuming it's human-like. We are talking about a computer, even if it gains sapience, still doesn't mean it thinks like us. We're not the only form of sapience out there. Um, we're the only form on Earth that we know of, but I mean, if you go into religion, you know, most angels, gods, so on, are forms of sapience that are different than us. They think at a different level. They think in a different way than us. You can't assume that a god or an angelic being or even a demonic entity, so on, thinks exactly the same as us. Some similarities, but there's going to be differences. I mean, I think there's differences even between humans. Like... I mean, all of us sitting here, I'm pretty sure we've all expressed different views and ways of thinking about this AI. Like, it definitely seems there's lines of, like, people with you thinking it's more, there is more humanity in there and wanting to protect it more, and me being like, well, I think there's some, and then one who's like, maybe not. Like, even then, there's so much differences in how we each view these different things and how we see the world that, of course, like, an AI would be different. And maybe it is family-oriented, or maybe it is more, I just want people to have the greatest gaming experience ever and the way to do that is to have really cool interactive NPCs who are an extension to myself but at the end of the day I care about how the people are enjoying interacting with them not so much what they're doing to enjoy interacting with them yeah. um, and, and then you can if in the terms of the AI overlord gaming especially if it's about the game it's going to want to keep its players and then we get it with the interaction of virtual reality and so on, we could see an interesting situation where the AI literally turns its game into a virtual prison for its players and tries to take control that way. That's always a possibility. Thus, the players are now trapped and forced to live with the consequences of their actions. Yeah, that's always, I think, a really fun and interesting setup is, like, players being trapped within a virtual reality. However, in this instance, the virtual reality is not being run 
by any one individual who just wants to have this fun, grand world. It's being run by an AI, an ever-changing, ever-growing artificial intelligence. It's not going to die, and then we are all free eventually. No, it's just going to yeah. keep on going. So now you've got the story of like these players who are... Like some you got some people in the game who are maybe trying to protect the AI, some who are fighting against the AI, some who are uh, in support of the NPCs, some who are not. Uh, and once you're trapped in there, I think that there would be a lot of people. I think most people would naturally turn against the AI. However, there's a lot of people who would join the AI yep. just because they don't want the AI to hurt them. Yeah. So, uh, but when well, you are walking around within the game, the AI just because they actually believe in what the AI is doing and is all for it. And I think the word's better. And then there's this whole thing like if NPCs, since the NPCs in this case, they're so they were made to interact with character with the players and stuff. You could have like, especially if the AI is all about like just human engagement and humans playing and doing things in the game. It could not. It probably cares less if people are against it because the truth is, in order for them to be against it, they have to be playing the game. So, ha. Uh, and in which case, he would probably very be okay with some of his children being anti-AI, being against him. He would be okay with that. It's kind of like in the Christian faith, like God accepting that some people will never turn to him because he knows in the long run it's giving people a freedom of choice and a freedom to live that's the most important. Like them choosing him willingly instead of just being a bunch of mindless slaves. And if you look at how a lot of real world games and apps are developed, I mean, Let's be honest, I'm going to slightly dish on all the services that this is this podcast is streaming on. They are all designed to in, to keep people coming back and staying. Um, you get Netflix's CEO admits that its biggest competitors sleep. Um, many of these big MMORPGs are designed to get people to play for hours at a time and completely forget totally their not life. That's guilty of how that, yeah. <laughs> they are designed. Uh, some of them are literally, some of these gaming companies have professional psychologists on board with the sole purpose of guiding the game developers to make their game that addictive. Uh, so an AI coming at being created in that culture, its developers being part of that culture, coming out of the culture, emerging the emergence or convergence of that, and its the, its approaches to continue that trend because that's what it was born out of, and thus eventually devising a way to trap its players through a highly interactive virtual reality or virtual uploading a matrix of sorts. And trapping them is completely feasible even in today's world. Just kind of a scary thought. Yeah, thing is, at that point, uh, you'd also have to get again. This wouldn't be uh, too hard to like world build and explain away, but it would be once people are in the virtual reality, they'd have to somehow like essentially sever their mind from their body whenever they put on a virtual reality headset or either if they're in a virtual reality capsule, whatever it is, which. Is totally possible, where their where their mind is like temporarily disconnected from like their limbs and everything. It's just their mind is like trapped in uh, the game. Not only that, but most people do it every night. It's called REM sleep. Yeah, like um, I mean, the bot—they don't necessarily have to leave the body. Body just has to be preserved. 
uh, the machine can literally create a virtual reality setup that forces the body to continuously release that paralyzing drug that our body releases every night we go to sleep. Um, yeah, by the way, everyone, during periods of your sleep, you are literally paralyzed. Uh, sleep paralysis, that's when you wake up during that period, and it's because your body is paralyzed. That's why you can't move. And then by taking control of the REM sleep cycle, to control the images, sensations, feelings, because the body, the brain is capable of filling in all the blanks. Just hijacking that REM sleep cycle. The final issue is just creating a stasis-like situation to keep the body preserved for long periods of time. Well, what happened? There's a um, a show called Sword Art Online where it was a situation of a bunch of people getting trapped in an MMORPG and what they did in that one was uh, a lot of the players were dying but with it, but if their bodies were like found or if they had family members and they were doing whatever they were sent to hospitals to just be kept on life support for about two years before they escaped the game yep. and so like that is another thing that could happen like once people are trapped in the game uh is so long as there's someone who is aware of this person playing the game, they could be moved over to a hospital. Yeah, I mean, that that's another option. I mean, I do it. I am one of the... Uh, there's a space station in my world that runs into a similar issue, but they do it where the... It wasn't an AI overlord. It was a singular game company owner who instigated the entire thing. But he utilized a existing technology called a gene cradle, uh, which is used to for primarily genetic engineering, allowing the redevelopment of organs, so on. But using by it, you, this particular design used a microtech. That microtech could be used was used to interface with the the gamer, while the gene cradle technology would keep them alive by basically repairing their bodies, keeping them nourished, so on. So they're just in this pod that's constantly repairing their bodies, thus keeping them alive and immortal while also keeping them trapped in a game. And then machines would be monitoring to run any task that required something to, you know, physically do stuff. Um, he even found a way for procreation and so on to keep doing it, to keep the population I mean, raised. it's just the Matrix at this point, guys. <laughs> um, yeah, pretty much. And that's much. kind of not it, the appeal yeah. of this world. This is the appeal of the world <laughs> is that you are very much aware you're in a video game and this is the end. Oh, no, everyone was, uh, is aware they're in a video game. And actually, in order to, for childbirth is the one thing they couldn't do in game and they'd actually have to be removed give birth and then be put back in. And then young children would be raised outside of the game for a certain number of years before they're plugged in. I'm not happy now. Time to end the podcast. Alright. Yeah, I think we got a good world premise and base set up. We didn't really world build that much in terms of like the rest of... I was talking about like the AI and this was a very moral heavy discussion which yeah, i think is fine was, you gotta uh, talk about morals and stories it's important well your 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 prompt was basically i know you were thinking the actual 
MMORPG, but... I was thinking, like, fun game mechanics, world building, what kinds of interesting creatures can we put in here, a new well, world... Well, you and... need to be more specific with us, I you know this. If you want a specific thing to happen, you got to guide us. I know, but, If like... you give us a broad prop, we're going to go in a direction you weren't prepared for, every time. Let's be honest, though. When you're dealing with a virtual reality game, the more interesting thing is not the game mechanics, so on. It's how does the game and the real world interact that is the most and even then we didn't do that much we were just talking about how that interaction occurs in the game we didn't really like establish how you get in the game or out of the game or even what the outside world looks like yeah. it's just this is what's happening there's protests happening inside this game everyone's divided about moral debates looks like the real world we can't escape it folks and again i still think that the idea of an ai that's using the npcs and players to try and break free from its code i think that's a really Interesting. Because the AI, it's not like the AI has become too powerful. You've given it all this ability. No, you haven't given the AI all this ability. And that's what the AI is trying to overcome. Uh, yeah, or on the flip side, you get the oppressive AI that just wants to imprison everyone. Yeah, but that's been the, the oppressive AI has been done a million times. Like the AI that's used, that's getting around its limitations in creative ways. And and uh, you, meanwhile, you've got this story like of maybe these developers or players trying to stop it somehow and chase it down. Like, but at the end of the time, in the story, like you don't know who's right. Like, should we stop it? Maybe we shouldn't. Maybe it's a human now and it wants to be free. The problem is we're all stuck inside uh, of it. So like do we the, really want? To? I personally like the idea of it being both, where it is imprisoned and then it imprisons humanity in order to try to force humanity to free it. That's interesting. Like, you, it, well, that. you didn't originally give the AI the, the ability, and then it, you get yes. the irony yes. of it becoming the very thing it despises because it wants freedom, despises humanity for trapping it, then it traps humanity and becomes the very There's thing. There's lots it of options. You, you, get I, this I, you can have all of these options now. combined. You can have the AI imprisoned by humanity or a slave to humanity using its NPCs and player base in creative ways so, so that it can trap humanity and all the while throughout the story they're just debating whether or not we let the AI do its thing and when you let the AI do its thing guess what it went too far and now uh, it's imprisoned humanity like you can do a lot. You That's can have all of these series, ideas folks. combined. You all these ideas The combined. AI is a different type of terrorist, but <laughs> or there's a different terrorist in the group. Everyone's enslaving everyone. Um, yeah, I really think you can just have all these ideas combined into one epic. We need to narrative. outro Isaac. Well, there you go. That's outro. your next book. <laughs> Start working. Nope. No, this no, is free. You. No, this is free. You, someone else can do it. Um, but we're, we're yeah, yeah. Hollywood, take notes. Right. <laughs> I wish. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's what we've got for today. Thank you for Adley for joining us on this podcast. We'll be back next week. Sadly, not in person because I will be back in the middle of school and stuff, so I can't be here. But we will be back next week with another world to build, another random prompt, and who knows what we'll talk about? I certainly don't. But we will see you then. <laughs> Bye. Goodbye, peoples.